Hi, this is Tiffany Montgomery from Shop Eat Surf. Carve Designs has built a thriving business for 15 years by making swim and beach apparel for women over 25. Carve has stepped into the gap and has posted double-digit growth for years, and we are talking about 25% or higher double-digit growth. Founders Jennifer Hinton and Thayer Sylvester started the brand after they couldn't find board shorts that were designed for women as they were heading to a surf trip in Mexico. They initially targeted the surf market, but were told that surf shops were not interested in carrying product for women of a certain age or size. The outdoor community embraced them wholeheartedly, however, and their business has grown exponentially in that market. Being based in Northern California instead of Southern California has also given them a different perspective and allowed them to grow in regions like the Southeast and Pacific Northwest. Carve now sells a variety of products, including swim, sun protection, apparel, and activewear. A private investment firm in New York called Candors & Company placed a, quote, significant investment in Carve in 2016. Carve anticipates its 25% plus growth rate will continue for the next five years. We spoke with Jennifer and Thayer at OR about how they have built the business by tapping into an underserved market. It was an informative conversation, but also a lot of fun. Now, here's our talk with Jennifer and Thayer. I'm at the Carve Designs booth with the founders of the brand. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, um, first and last names, please, so, so people know who you are. This is Thayer Sylvester, and I'm Jennifer Hinton. Nice. And how do you guys divide up duties? So Jen and I started the business about 15 years ago, and through the course of the business, we've both shouldered the responsibility of growing the business together, but on a day-to-day basis, Jen is responsible for the creative inspiration and brand direction as, quote-unquote, creative director, and I am responsible for everything else, day-to-day operations, finance, ops sales, marketing. And, you know, I think the thing that's fun about it is that we've been at each other's sides for so long that we don't necessarily think about it as kind of dividing it as much as just sharing and doing what we're both good at. And that's why we've been able to be business partners for so long together, where you hear a lot of nightmare stories about people not being able to work for 15 years next to each other. But instead, we both have a very real understanding of like what each other's strengths are, and then we're able to let each other lead with those strengths. And tell me, tell us, you know, the founding story. So why did you guys start this brand? Because it is really different from what's out there. Well, okay, I'll answer this one. Okay, and this is Jen. This is Jen. We literally went on a surf trip down to Mexico, and in preparation for that surf trip, we went to go find swimsuits and board shorts. I, quite honestly... Everything that we tried on was either ill-fitting or didn't fit or just looked wrong or didn't feel right. And I think we just were a little bit stumped that there was nothing out there for kind of real athletic bodies, which was interesting because there's this whole industry and clothing industry that exists and no one was focusing on some of these problems that <laughs> that we were seeing. And so we were like, we should we should do something. We should make something cute. And we started with a couple pair of board shorts, rash guards, pants, like little beach capris. And then immediately the next year went right into swimsuits because we just realized there was nothing out there. So, And what year was this? 
The first line we launched at Action Sport Retailer, which was down in San Diego, um, we had driven our, our homemade booth on top of our station wagon down to San Diego from San Francisco, and that was for the spring of 2004. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And that's also different that you guys aren't in Southern California. And how do you think that influences the company? Well, I think it allows us to have a, a broad national perspective where, in fact, in Northern California, it's, it's a minority of people that are in and around warm water surf and water sports. And in fact, we have to travel to participate in them because the water is absolutely freezing. And, and so for us, then, it allows us, as we've grown the business, to think about other people's perspectives. So not just the Southern California perspective, but the Southeast perspective and the Northeast perspective, Rocky Mountains, Great Lakes, and then, of course, the Pacific Northwest. So I think for us, it, it's, it's tended to be something that has allowed us to appeal to a demographic that's not just a Southern California demographic. And you guys surf. Yes. <laughs> and how often are you like are you how often are you going on trips and you're avid surfers? We're avid surfers. We're both in the middle of running this business and raising young kids. So our surf trips have some of them have been sacrificed for things like soccer games and baseball and basketball. Um, but we're excited to get in the water wherever we can and we're probably both taking trips a few times a year still. Yeah, that's great. And and how has the business grown and evolved over the years? Because now I'm sit we're sitting in this booth and I'm I looking mean, around me and I'm like, way? <laughs> there's suits, there's board shorts, there's rash guards, there's a whole apparel line. Yeah, so we now offer a full range of apparel for um, women and we differentiate it by making sure that we're paying attention to femininity um, along with a functional component to it. Of course, our niche is in swim and surfwear, um, but then you can pack a bag full of your carved design stuff for your weekend getaway, and we'll suit you up all the way from like your swimsuit in the morning to a lightweight jacket to wear after you get on the water to some clothes to change into that are going to feel super lightweight and easy breezy to a cute little dress to wear to the bar that night. Um, and you know, you can even buy the bag from us to pack it all in. Are you guys the sole owners? Do you have, like, how has it gone financially? Do you have financing? Do you have partners? Yeah, you're, so you're Northern California. Are you, like, all techie investor <laughs> kind? You know, we were the sole owners for a very long time. And then about three years ago, we went out and found a financial partner to help us scale the business. Um, and so we have great partners uh, that are out of New York. And they're really excited about continuing to support us growing the business. Is that, like, private equity? or? Uh, it's a family office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And how has that changed things? It's changed, but it also hasn't changed. I mean, our line has grown exponentially, and I think that we're getting traction with our fall line, which we always struggled with before because it wasn't our natural season. Um, and then, you know, we have money to do, you know, great marketing projects with some of our stores and do more outreach and more events, which we kind of didn't really do. Um, before we just decided that we were going to keep it really tight, um, which was a good move because we lasted through the years. But I think that it's been really fun and we've grown our team. And we were six people before we got partners and now we're 24. Wow. So, yes. That's and it's amazing. fun to work with all those people. You have all these great minds and all these smart um, individuals like collaborating together. So that's been, that's been the biggest change where... 
Right. And you made a good point that you guys lasted through a lot of rough years in the economy on your own, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Painful years. Well, tell us a, a little about what that was like. Well, I think in apparel, you know, there's... Um, there are people that start businesses like ourselves because you're starting it to fill a niche in the marketplace. And then there's the reality around how difficult it is to have a sustainable, profitable business. And um, there's an expectation, I think nowadays, that you're growing at certain rates and that makes your brand relevant. And we really took a slightly lesser traveled road where we said, look, we're going to grow slow and steadily and increase our customer base, but it's going to allow us to behave in a fiscally responsible manner so that we're not taking risks that you know could potentially put us out of business. And so, you know, we would go to trade shows, but we wouldn't sponsor them. And you know, we would solicit athletes, but we'd say, like, look, if you like if you like the product, then great, wear it. But we don't have enormous amounts of money to sponsor you in some sort of event. Not that we don't believe in those types of things, but we really, you have to be so disciplined in order to continue to make sure that you're converting your cash into inventory and then vice versa. And so, um, you know, it was a lot, it's a long road when you're doing that, but then you're, that you really have a chance to reflect back on what's working and continue to follow the branches or forks in the road that, that are working. And, um, and you know, that's where we are now, which is great. And tell me, so break down your business. Like, what's your biggest category? Cat, biggest category is swim by far. It's 65% of our business. Our first half sales are 70% of our business. Uh, most of our new customer acquisition is in swim. I mean, we are the leading re brand right now in women's functional feminine swimwear. So swim is by far, what's the next one? Then we get into lifestyle, I mean, and we have great core basics. We have this corduroy Oahu short that uh, Jen was inspired by, like the old OP short a couple years ago and designed this cutoff, super washed corduroy short and like we cannot keep the thing in stock. <laughs> I don't, I think we have eight colors in the line for spring 19. And eight colors. Yeah. Eight colors, wow. <laughs> yeah. People buy two at a time. So. Uh, say that into the microphone. Oh, people Sorry. buy two at a time. And so I guess the trend is they buy one to be boyfriend style and then one to be fitted. Because, you know, nowadays, and in, especially in Southern California, you can go out in your cutoffs in a t-shirt and that's the cutest outfit at the bar. Right. right? So that's what, that's what the kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your distribution. Because what I've always been surprised about by you guys, like I'll go to Bend, Oregon, say, and I'll look in this wide variety of shops and I'll see you guys there, but yet I don't see you in surf shops. Do you know what I mean? And like, has, has the surf community ignored you guys? So, you know, it's an interesting story. When we started and we first went to that ASR show, we said we make swim a surfwear for women. And the minute the word woman came out of our mouth, they were like, oh, we don't, we don't, that's not a thing. We don't old ladies are not who we buy for. So they totally did not accept us into the surf industry. We were told that too. We were, it's a boys club. Um, but we were like, that's fine. You don't have to accept us. We came to Outdoor Retailer and it was like open arms. Where have you been? Thank God you're here. And 
it, we kind of never looked back. So we're, we do really well in those kind of cross-functional stores that are like swim, paddleboarding, surfing, kayaking, hiking, whatever, running. Everyone seems to be, the active person seems to be attracted. So they're not just doing one sport. That's right. the thing with the surf industry. It's just one thing. Right. Yeah. And what I've been amazed is like going into some of these stores, like you have a lot of product. I mean, it, you're a major brand for some of those stores. And then I go into REI and I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> look at you guys. You're like, you have a wall. I mean, essentially of swim. And then I also saw your apparel, you know, a nice selection of your apparel. So I think that's interesting because it hasn't changed. They still don't <laughs> service women at surf shops. Sorry, my surf shop listeners, but for the most part, they don't. It's, you know, they're aimed at the younger customer, but but I think they're missing out. Anyways. They're definitely missing out. <laughs> I mean, you guys have a big business, right? Yeah, we have a really big business. It's a nice, healthy, robust business. Yeah. What are your revenues? We can't disclose our revenues right now, but I can say that we've had um, five years of double-digit growth, and we have a five-year plan where we continue to see double-digit growth, and it's not 10%, it's over 25. Wow. And, For the next um, five years. And the previous five years, has it grown that same. 25? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've just been doing really, people love the product. And I think that it was an underserved market, right? I mean, so we, um, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just want a swimsuit that has a little bit of fashion to it and it's going to stay on when they jump in the water. And that's what we do really, really well. And we focus an enormous amount on fit. And Jen and I have been part of the fit since the very beginning. When we started, we had my apartment in San Francisco, we literally would invite all of our girlfriends over with clipboards and make them fill out all their measurements and serve them wine and try on bathing suits and tell us what they thought. And we still replicate that in the office. And you know, there are a lot of businesses out there that they'll outsource the way something fits or they'll hire a pattern maker that has no idea who the brand is or what the body shape is. And you know, then you go to put it on and it feels different. And the reason that girls love our suits is they put it on and it's really comfortable to wear. I can attest to that because I'm, a, I'm okay. aware. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's a great thing. <laughs> no, probably not. I don't think I'm the you know desirable model body type or whatever. There's but, not a desirable yeah. model body type. That's the that's yeah. the misconception that we all have to get over, right? I mean, that's <laughs> we we can't just all be that person in a magazine. So tell me about this double digit growth. Where is the growth coming from? Well, the growth is coming from customer acquisition, just people finding out about us and then trying it. And whether that happens at one of our awesome retail partners, um, like a locally owned, regional-based Nosset Sports in the Cape, or a bigger chain like REI, people walk in, they see the product, and um, they perceive a need for it, so they try it on and buy it. Or it's coming from our own direct marketing and consumer business where you know, we have a direct mail program, we have a robust social media program, and we're advertising digitally, so we're continuing to try and tell the story about the brand online too. And tell me a little bit about your online business, like how percentage-wise, is that a big piece of the business? You know, it's percentage-wise, it's still a pr relatively small piece of the business, and that's mostly because where we started was in wholesale. And as, um, as Jen and I were young and needed some sort of financial security, a wholesale business is like a great way to kind of get your feet wet, where you have some predictability into the inventory res responsibility that you have to... Um, 
fulfill in order to build the business. Whereas a direct-to-consumer business, you're, you're taking a lot of risk in the inventory. So we started in wholesale and we grew it in wholesale until very recently where um, we had always had a direct-to-consumer business, but we really hadn't invested in it. And we've been investing in it heavily over the last three, three years. Um, and we expect it to continue to grow as a part of our business. And how challenging is that? It's fun. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. So, so I have a question for you, and I ask, I always find this is a really interesting one. Your top sellers online, are those on your own site, are those the top sellers in your wholesale account? We're so lucky they are. Oh, they are. Because I often find those diverge. I know, and I think the reason, one of the reasons that we're continuing to see sustained growth is that our customer likes the product that we're putting out there, whether she's finding us in a retail store that we already sell to or online. That said, we have a bigger collection than you can normally find in most of our retailers. So we have a lot of product that we're also selling really well online that in, you know you might only find in the Southeast stores or the Northeast stores or the Southwest stores. And so regionally, the products um, sell differently, um, where online you'll see stuff kind of float to the top faster. Right, okay. And, and tell me a little bit about how would you describe the aesthetic? I mean, I know you talked about the functionality, right? It's functional yet cute. Um, but how would you describe the sort of look of it? Um, well, we're definitely beach lifestyle. So, um, you know, when you look around our booth and you walk in, we want you to feel like you've just entered a beach cabana What's around you is this, is aesthetically beautiful. It's calming at the same time, feminine, and accessible. So, but beach lifestyle is basically how I describe the brand from start to finish. All of our prints, whether they do well in the mountains or the beach, all just have a little bit of an ice blue that reminds us of the ocean or a palm leaf or a fern leaf or something to evoke that kind of really calm mood that you get when you're sitting beachside. And there's something about water that is calming. And even with all of our wonderful prints, you still kind of look at it and I think that there's a calmness to it. So that's how I like to think about it. No, yeah, and that's, and that's how it looks too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So what is next for you guys? Like where, where are you going with this? We think that Carve can be an iconic American brand. I mean, it is a brand that people respond to, that resonates with the American consumer, and that we don't see an end to the growth anytime soon. We're really excited about the prospects. You said American brand, so that makes me wonder, what is your international business like? You know, we're focused really on North America. And we've got enough work to do here to keep growing the brand, and then we'll distract ourselves with growing it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So your partners aren't pushing international? You know, those like investment types, they usually like are pretty pushy. Uh, yeah, you know, and we push pretty hard back that the right strategy right now is for us to focus on continuing to make sure that we're designing product that our girl loves. And the growth speaks for itself. So we don't need to seek growth elsewhere. Good point. So, um, and speaking of that, okay, so you guys have had this thing to yourself for like a long time. Like how many years was that before you brought in investors? It was a long time, 12 years. Okay. 12 years, I think. Okay. So now you have investors and I might be a family fund or whatever, but what's that been like? And be honest. 
Well, is, I think what it is, is it's, it brings a different level of discipline to the business that means that you're being a little bit more analytical in some of the financial reporting side of it. The interesting thing is, is, is if you're an analytical person, you were probably already doing that analysis. It's just a question of then telling the story to people that are financially minded versus say product or sales minded, right? And so for us, it, it's, it's, it's the same work, it's just trying to frame the story in it with a different lens. And so like the international question, you know, no, we're not going international right now because our strategy two years ago and right now still is, we have a really big market in our backyard so why would we go and get to know a different market when we still have opportunity here? And if you can frame it in a financial manner, then financial guys understand it really quickly. And if you're talking to a creative person, then you frame it in a creative manner. It's all about remembering kind of the different lens that you have to put on for your audience. So do you have a financial background? I do, yes. You do? Yeah. And do you have a design background? I have a creative background, yes. Yeah. So what did you guys do before? I was So in, this is Jen. This is Jen. I was in I went to art school and was studying interior design and architecture and was working there for many years before. So really creative and working with fabrics and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I worked for a private equity firm in San Francisco. Oh, you're in the game. <laughs> you know how this works. So well, is that why you held out so long getting outside investment because you know well, I think that, you know, I mean, for people like Jed and I, you're doing this for two reasons. One, you're doing it for the passion of starting the brand and the fulfillment of building something. But the other reason, of course, is financial. And, you know, we made a big investment in the brand and we needed to make sure that at some point in time, we see some sort of return on that investment. And like I said earlier, like it's, dif it's difficult to make money in these businesses. So the, the longer that you can develop a business that has value before you start to bring in other people, the better off you're going to be personally. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. Yeah. You kept it a long <laughs> time. So what's your biggest challenge right now? We're growing the team a lot right now. And so for Jen and I, it's about making sure that all of the knowledge that we have about the brand and then also about the logistics of the business that we're transferring over to the team that we're hiring. And, you know, we have now functional directors in the key areas of our business that come to us with experience, but also need to get to know the business. So for us, it's a constantly like, no, 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 we're not going to do it ourselves. We're going to keep on transferring that knowledge to somebody else who's then bringing something to the table that can help us elevate the brand. Right. What about for you, Jen, in your area? Is it hard to sort of have to let go a little bit or? It's definitely hard to let go. I think aesthetically, I have a really hard time letting go, but you have to let go. Um, and someone just recently said, good is good enough, and you don't have to be perfect all the time. And I think that's a really good lesson for creative people, because like we won't stop designing. We'll keep going. And someone needs to just feel like it's fine. And I think for me, I've, I'm learning how to do that, which is awesome. And then also trying to teach my design team to, okay, we have to stop now, and we can just go, because it's good enough. Right. You know, and, and that's okay, and that's great. Because um, you could go on forever and go in circles and spend a lot of money that you don't need to spend. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's all a process, so, but it's been super fun. 
Well, great. Well, congratulations to you guys. Is there anything I didn't ask that I should have asked that you're that? No, I think that's pretty good. We're. Um, I think the only other thing I would say is that um, one of the things that I that we both love about what we do is that we love what we do, and that we have a really good time doing it. And we, while it's of course serious business, we try not to take anything too seriously. And I think everyone on our team loves working for us because of that. Yeah, I can tell you guys are fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my more fun interviews. So thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find previous podcast interviews on our website under the podcast tab. Thank you also to our sponsors and to our executive edition members. We appreciate each and every one of you. 